This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. So I'm Connor Malone. Uh, I'm a doctor and ophthalmology trainee, eye surgery trainee uh, here in Ireland. And uh, for the last few months, I've been the National Healthcare Wikipedian in residence in the HSC Library Service. Well, I think the first thing we're going to have to ask is, um, what is the National Healthcare Wikipedian residence? So um, I should probably tell you first what the, the HSC Library Service is. So the, the full name of it is the National Health Library and Knowledge Service, um, which is, is a very long name, but it's, it's because it's such a, a big service. Um, uh, it provides a, a lot of support for uh, staff across a very big organization. Um, and it really only came into being a few years ago. So before that, every HSE hospital, every voluntary hospital, every Section 38 or you know, non-government uh, healthcare organization had its own library service and defined it in its own way. And the funding was uh, very fragmented. Um, and then a few years ago, uh, they brought it all together and they moved the, the library service to the uh, under research. Um, and the librarian uh, called Aoife Lawton uh, took over. So she's my um, my boss and she works for Dr. Anna Terras um, in research. And um, Aoife and her team created a strategy, um, a five-year strategy. So we're about midway through that. Um, and part of that was the transformation of the library service from a place where we would go and, and get books to somewhere that we see as an information service, so much broader, um, and uh, also to, to get people to engage with the services that are there uh, that can really transform the way we look after patients um, and the way we educate and train our staff. A couple of years ago, the NHLKS partnered with National Doctors Training and Planning, which is uh, really the HR part of the HSE that looks after training for doctors from their first year after college from intern year all the way up to consultancy um, and together they saw the value in having clinicians involved in the library service um, and then more specifically uh, involved in open access and Wikimedia and then specifically Wikipedia um, and I, I was familiar with uh, other Wikipedian in residence programs, um, so the, the Welcome Institute, for example, um, was one of the first uh, healthcare organizations to have a Wikipedian in residence. It was really successful. Uh, there are many examples around the world of libraries and museums, um, but really we, there were no national healthcare uh, Wikipedian in residence programs. So um, they set that up and, and Nilo Mara was the first uh, doctor who did it. I'm not the first. I'm lucky to have had someone go before me who set up uh, really good connections. And and you were you were instrumental in that, you know, the Wikimedia community in Ireland, even though it's small, um, is really very active and, and very supportive, I have found. Um, and you all were very helpful in forming the idea in I know in helping Niall to to you know figure out the direction and I'm hoping that you'll continue to help me as well I know you will because it's such a big idea you know we all know what in theory we all know what, what Wikipedia is but I don't think that um, until you get stuck in you realize how complex and potentially powerful it is not just as a way of consuming information but from my experience and my perspective as a as a public health tool and as a way to uh, you know open up health information to patients and their families but also to clinicians so nurses doctors physiotherapists psychologists anyone working um, in the healthcare space and also hopefully 
to people outside of healthcare who want to make a difference. So engineers, um, informaticists, businesses who want to deliver something new, something better for patients that they can access information without having to find a subject matter expert, you know, that may be difficult to find or may cost them a lot of time and money to engage with. Uh, Wikipedia may help them with that and then Wikimedia more broadly. To kind of to take a step back for a minute, because um, I know you've, you've edited Wikipedia for a number of years, for an amount of time. What got you started editing Wikipedia? Well, it probably won't surprise you that it was it was the library. So if we really go back in time now, we're going into black and white uh, territory almost. We're going back so far. The first time I ever used the internet was in a library, in a local library down in Tipperary. Um, and, you know, the librarians there you know, introduced me. I kind of knew vaguely what the internet was because I saw when I used to go to the cinema, you'd see at the bottom of some of the movies, it would have a, you know, a, a, a WWW address. And my brother and I were very interested in technology and we used to, you know, program and code a little bit. And so the librarian offered, you know, to put us on the internet and we were just amazed and we would really just Google, you know, single words like, you know, X-Men or Star Trek or whatever. And um, and then I, I went to Wikipedia, you know, when I went to college. So again, the very first time I used Wikipedia was in the library in the Royal College of Surgeons. We were all given laptops and we had this amazing thing called Wi-Fi so you could sit anywhere in the library and, and access the internet. And I remember using Wikipedia a lot for biochemistry exams because you'd be coming across these terms and the books might have you know some of the terms but maybe it wouldn't go into great detail so I found Wikipedia a really useful way of expanding my knowledge in very specific areas I, I didn't have the confidence to really edit beyond kind of you know putting in a, a comma here or or a full stop there um, and then I started to add references and um, created an account so I'm probably 10 years editing now when I look back I actually realized that for a long time when I was a student I was editing to learn and as I learned um, you know I, I, a few months ago I look back at, at, at what I had created and now I'm you know a lot of what I write about is you know buildings that are important to me or to, to my local area but back then I was editing articles about things that I was reading about and learning about. So it was interesting. I was kind of studying for my exams uh, by improving articles on Wikipedia. And then through that kind of through osmosis, I was also studying for my exams. So it was a, an interesting process, even though at the time I probably didn't realize that's what I was doing. You were involved in kind of the, the formation or kind of the sculpting of what the National Wikipedia in Residence was going to be or the kind of some of the, the, the shape of the role. Has that, do you think that's changed since it was first envisaged? Has it kind of evolved and grown and, and kind of what have you learned uh, since, since it began? So I'm, I'm, you know, primarily a clinician and, um, you know, what I enjoy doing as a doctor is, you know, is ophthalmology, ophthalmic surgery. So seeing and treating patients and, and operating on them. But, you know, I've, uh, I've, I've long felt that if I could create my ideal week, you know, I'd be operating a day and a half, seeing patients a day and a half. And the other two days, I'd be editing Wikipedia. You know, someone might pay me or give me time to, <laughs> to edit Wikipedia and do some, some informatics or technology work. When I was working, yeah, I, I was the, the National Fellow for Innovation on Change at NDTP and the HSE when this uh, originally came about. And part of it was driven by the idea that, you know, I felt that we should give clinicians an opportunity and in saying that, I think that we should have more than just a doctor doing it. I think ideally my, my bigger dream would be to have a, you know, a bigger team, 
of pharmacists, nurses, it'd be great to have patients, you know, people who are in the service to come in and, and to really uh, work with librarians to make access to information as, uh, as open as, as possible. So that was kind of my idea that, you know, could we try this? Uh, could we get someone um, and I never dreamed that it would be me for several reasons. Number one, I, you know, I, I was focused on my training and this was something I was almost like doing 10 years time. Um, and number two, you know, I think that it's really important as you're developing programs like this to try and bring as many people into it. So, you know, I'm not at the moment, I don't see it as my role to go around editing articles and to, to be a, a one man show, putting all this information up. I'm sort of my, the best role that I can bring is to be an evangelist and to get as many people involved in, in Wikipedia as possible and Wikimedia more broadly so that, you know, even if many of them never go beyond creating an account, at least they will start to understand how Wikipedia works, the, the benefits, the pitfalls, um, and then hopefully they will also encourage others to use it. And I, I really was concerned looking at the data that Wikipedia still is very male. You know, it's 85% or so men, typically English speaking white men in their 20s and 30s. And, you know, that's me. So uh, I, I, I'm very conscious that one of the biggest jobs that we have to do is try and bring more people in it uh, because the Wikipedia famously has no rules. It has kind of pillars or ideas that we, we work around and, and that support our work. But um, as I said earlier, Wikipedia is an incredible public health tool. So if you have access to the Internet and if you can if you can read a major language, there's a fair chance that you can access an article about what you want to find out about on Wikipedia. And that's incredible. And we didn't have that 20 years ago or, or so. So if we can, for example, get people editing about maternal and child health, that's incredible because that means that people all over the world who maybe otherwise don't have access to, to healthcare or in the way they should, you know, can get more information, can help their own situation, can help other people. And that in itself is, you know, we talk about, you know, giving aid and talk about charitable work. I think one of the greatest things that we can do for humanity is to is to make information like this available to everyone and you can look at wikipedia and say oh well you know they're talking about you know lists of famous violins you know something abstract like that you know and that's fine and if you're doing a phd in something you're going to put up information like that but actually you can you can make entire books out of uh, healthcare topics um, on wikipedia and not only that in in my experience many of the articles will be more rigorously peer-reviewed than than some of what we read and use to treat patients at the moment. Um, and that's not least because of the time lag. So if you're writing a paper, you do research in the year 2020, by the time it's finished, you know, it might be 2021, you do the analysis, you send it into the paper, it gets reviewed. So it could be one, two, you know, I've seen papers that are six plus years in the making. So by the time they reach you, is, is are the data even um, valid? And Wikipedia has the ability to update things, you know, in the, almost in real time. So if you have, if you get a book, you know, you take it off the shelf. So you're thinking, gosh, this is a brand new book, but the information could be a decade out of date. Whereas in Wikipedia, it can really be at the, the, the leading edge, the bleeding edge, where you are, something is published on a Monday and on Tuesday, it's, it's cited as a, a source on Wikipedia. There are risks with that, but uh, those risks are tempered by the really strong ethics and processes within Wikipedia. And, you know, they're very strong healthcare um, and medical communities on, on Wikipedia 
that really help with that. But most of the editors that I see editing healthcare related pages, as far as I can see, they don't have any um, specific link to healthcare other than they are really good editors. And they, you know, as I say, it could be, you know, a 15 year old high school student in Kansas, or it could be you know, someone on an oil rig off of Russia. We don't know, you know, who's editing it, but they're making really good edits and you don't have to be um, a trained healthcare professional to make those edits. And in many ways that keeps us on the straight and narrow because you have people then interrogating what we're writing instead of me going on writing all this received wisdom that I think is accurate, but it's just specific to me and the medical training that I had in the country that I'm in, in the, you know, in the language that I speak. So that's a very long way of saying uh, healthcare is an incredible uh, public health tool um, and th several people before uh, us have suggested that really all healthcare workers um, could do the world a great good by taking an hour a year to edit. I think an hour a year, it's, it's nothing. I mean, it's an episode of a TV show. Uh, it's not even a movie. And if you were to do that, the healthcare information on Wikipedia would multiply, you know, almost exponentially. So if, so you know, back to what I was saying, my job isn't to to fill up Wikipedia with all the knowledge that I can possibly give it. I think my job is to uh, champion Wikipedia in all the good things that it can do and to reassure people that uh, many of the concerns that that I would have had when I started editing Wikipedia, you know, about it being in some way unreliable or not as appropriate a source of information. Many of those concerns are either, you know, false. They're things that we presume or assume they're either you know false or they are or they can be you know if you're careful and if you are if you appraise the information they can be mitigated or or tempered in some way the next question i had was kind of specifically about what might make editing in ireland that bit different it's, so i've been involved in a couple of <clears throat> projects with students so we had an editathon um, a few years ago uh, we were looking at represent, representation of women specifically. So RCSI, the Royal College of Surgeons in Ireland, um, had a really interesting project where they were trying to really look at the rich history of women in healthcare in Ireland specifically. And they had a an exhibition of paintings that that they had um, they had asked our artists to create of uh, women so that they could literally put women on walls. Because if you walk into many old buildings in Ireland and particularly medical institutes uh, like the Royal Colleges, it's, you know, seas and seas of, you know, gray haired white men, <clears throat> which, you know, is accurate. That represents, you know, many of the men who were involved, but of course it ignores the many women who, who were really pivotal in improving healthcare in Ireland. Um, and so they have, they have improved that um, and then as part of that we we decided uh, with your help thank you very much to uh, to reflect that on Wikipedia and um, so many of the, the the portraits that are in RCSI now have a Wikipedia page corresponding um, and that, that's important because it's great to have that resource in RCSI but you know if you're living outside of Dublin or outside of Ireland you can't necessarily visit RCSI, whereas if you're on Wikipedia, you can be anywhere and you can find out about the, the amazing women, uh, doctors, nurses, and, and then women who had really no formal uh, healthcare role, but, but the, the incredible things they did to improve healthcare in Ireland and internationally. You know, the, the, the students are really keen to write about this because we don't, 
you know, in, in medical school, you, you know, we might do a little bit of history here and there, but, you know, there's no module on the history of healthcare. And, you know, it's really only in the last 20 or 30 years that women have been properly represented in, in medical schools. Um, so uh, it's important to have have that history exposed so that we can, not only so that we can appreciate it, but also that, so that we can look at what we're doing now. So, you know, if we had these huge gaps for centuries, what gaps do we have now? You know, do, do we have, uh, you know, every minority community uh, represented in healthcare? Definitely not. And certainly if you look at any hospital or uh, whether it's public, private, if you look at the HSE, really anywhere in, in Europe, if you look at the top management, it's not a very diverse bunch. Um, and some of that is age related. So, you know, the, the younger generations are probably hopefully more, more diverse. Um, but, you know, we need to be critical of that and think, well, we're making decisions, but we don't represent, uh, you know, what, what Ireland looks like, never mind the, the world. So the students are really keen, I find, to talk about that and they push back and they challenge you and say, well, look, you know, it's great. We're, talking, we're writing about women. That's really important. But, you know, what about, you know, another group? That was really, that was really fascinating. And then over the summer, because of... Um, the, the changes that were made to, to training because of the pandemic, many students weren't able to go abroad and do um, electives. So, you know, typically you, you would spend a summer doing what's called an elective where you go and visit a, a hospital or healthcare facility um, within your own country, but more often abroad. And, and you learn about different health systems and um, maybe different uh, services that, that aren't uh, available in Ireland. Um, so they were losing out on that opportunity. And it's, it's a really, for many of us, it, it's a formative time in our training um, because it, it broadens your horizons and, and gives you connections, deeper connections to, health, to public health and healthcare around the world. Uh, so I worked with um, an informatics lecturer, Eric Clark in, in RCSI, who had taught me when I was a student. He had a real interest in uh, getting out more information about um, grief and bereavement. That was an important topic for him. Um, and I was interested in, well, num number one, giving students a good project uh, for the summer. And number two, of course, maybe adding a few editors to, to Wikipedia. Um, and then most importantly of all, hopefully adding to the, to the information that, that was on Wikipedia. So they choose, chose the projects themselves, a little bit of guidance. So um, one student, she, she wrote on uh, grief and bereavement and she looked at um, you know, the, the readability of the pages, because that's something that's, that is really important. Um, Wikipedia is an encyclopedia. And even if you think about the word encyclopedia, it's a big word and it can be intimidating. And to, to get nostalgic again, I remember as a child taking down the Childcraft books. I don't know if you ever. Oh, yes. Those. Oh, yes. Um, and I, I would say a huge amount of my learning came from those. They were fantastic. Uh, but there were, you know, individual little books and you could pick out, you know, which section you wanted. And they were small. And for a child looking back, you know, you, you could easily open them and they had illustrations and they were very accessible. But if you think about other um, encyclopedias like the Britannica and all these, these are weighty tomes. And even like physically to lift it off the shelf was a big job. Um, and then you opened it and it felt very, you know, it was it was almost a spiritual experience, but quite quite intense if, if, you, if maybe you're only learning to read or you struggle with reading, you know, so readability is definitely a barrier. And there, there is the simple English uh, Wikipedia, which is a great resource, but, you know, people 
don't always make their way there. So the student was, she did an amazing job. She really looked at the readability of the pages, looked at what could be broken out into other articles. And um, because sometimes as well, apart from the language within a, an article, it can be really long. And if you are not familiar with the topic or you're just skimming it, you, you know, you're probably not going to engage with a really long article. So it's useful to have the sub articles, obviously, within reason. And um, so I'm not going to preempt her research findings that, you know, it's better for her to speak about her own uh, uh, topic, but uh, she did an amazing job. And then um, another student uh, wrote about um, the National Healthcare Repository, Lenis, and um, and about RCSI's impact on Wikipedia. So she looked at the open access information um, that RCSI has compiled and looked at how it had penetrated Wikipedia or, or not, as the case may be. And that was for a couple of reasons. So it was to see, well, look, if we're producing research, which is funded by RCSI and often funded by the government or, you know, taxpayer resource bodies, well, then that should have an impact. And it's not good enough for us to just put it in some obscure journal that people have to pay money to get the benefit of. Um, really, we want this, this stuff front and center. So RCSI, like so many institutions, has a great repository where people can access a lot of open access uh, information for free easily. But if you can have that on Wikipedia as well in its appropriate place, then that means that you are really expanding its reach. Um, so she looked at it from from that point of view. And, um, and also, you know, it was kind of to pose the question, you know, how do we value information that we produce? How do we value research? So many people will say, well, you know, if it's published in nature, you know, as a, as a journal, then that's really valuable because that's very high profile and it's difficult to get into. Yeah, and that, that is true. That is, uh, you know, it, it, it's an achievement. However, uh, many of us would argue that really the more people you reach, you know, the bigger impact you have in terms of readability and usability, that, that's probably more valuable too. And so people have been looking for quite a while now about how we measure that on Wikipedia. Um, and, and, you know, it's quite sophisticated and I'm certainly not an expert on it, but I know that many people are um, making that possible now that you can, you can use metrics um, to show how big an impact your, your research or your organization's research are having on Wikipedia. So she looked at that. And then our third student looked really close to home and looked at how minority and specifically traveler community uh, healthcare is dealt with on Wikipedia. And we really suspected before we even looked that it was going to be pretty poor and and unfortunately, we were right. So, you know, the traveler community is relatively small. I think it's about 30, 35,000 um, people. But um, the disparity, the healthcare disparities are huge, um, as well as some of the educational disparities, um, and they're systemic. So we were aware of it, but also discussing it, we realized, well, actually, we don't know that much about it. And that's our fault, because, you know, we never asked about it. I, I can't ever remember discussing it, you know, in, in any classes or any role I had. And I think the same is true across Ireland. So there are certainly programs to sort of try and improve uh, traveler health. But if you are a journalist and someone talks to you about this, one of the first things you'll do is look up Wikipedia. And this journalists have told us this, we know, or if you are a politician, Yes, you will have advisors and you will have brilliant people, you know, working on this. But one of the first things they'll do is look up Wikipedia um, and that can do a couple of things. If you if there's nothing there, it will leave them with very little. And then they may go somewhere else, which maybe is not as good a source um, or is out of date or maybe it has a particular agenda. And so they can be misinformed 
I won't say through no fault of their own because probably we should be much more careful about where we get information. But, you know, if people are looking for an answer quickly, uh, they may be led the wrong way. And then it's an, if you flip it the other way, it's an opportunity. So if we can put really good information about traveler health on Wikipedia, that means that when people Google it or when people do a search on Wikipedia, they are presented with high quality information that hopefully is up to date. And they will therefore be starting from a much more informed uh, place. So as we were discussing that, you know, it, it was great to see how kind of students approach things because we are, you know, as you as you progress in your career, you tend to become a bit more, um, I won't say conservative, but certainly, you know, you don't you don't see all of the the options and the new ways of looking at things. Um, and so uh, specifically for for traveler health, um, you know, we looked at the reports that were out there and some of them were years and and even decades old. Um, and so the question came, well, you know, what are we doing? in the meantime so it's it's an amazing process when you have students looking at these issues because they pose questions that certainly I found difficult to answer and some of them were personally challenged the decisions that I've made in the past and things that I hadn't challenged on on Wikipedia or or within um healthcare um so for me it was transformative and I hope for the for the students as well but each of them has a, has a great story and and they will be they'll be presenting them at um yeah, healthcare meetings and hopefully if there are Wikipedia meetings or other opportunities for them to present those I think um, I think they'd be glad to. Oh yeah I'm sure there'd be a huge audience for that um, if anything else I'd like to talk to them. <laughs> Definitely, Definitely, put, Definitely put you in touch and, and they'll be able to talk about their these projects so much better than than I can and the the thing is you know we we could have done so much more you know if we had had 10 students we would have easily had 10 projects for them so there there these problems are out there to be solved um and can be in a relatively short period of time now it, it it takes a huge amount of of work so there's no way that the two of us could have could have done it with 10 students because uh, one thing that that we realized was when you start to edit wikipedia it is a journey um and i look back and now i'm comfortable you know editing wikipedia but it took me years to get on board really and, and that's that's why it's so important to start in college you know it, it it is it's probably you know it's a bit late to be asking people when they're in the workforce and when this isn't something that that they value um uh, you know if you if you can make it a part of your education and training you know at least a third level if not earlier you you're not just introducing people to something that that you know they will contribute to and the net contributors to, but you're also giving them a gift because Wikipedia is a community. Wikipedia, Wikimedia more broadly is a community and you get so much more out of it than just looking up some kernel of information for a pub quiz, you know, you, you, you find, you learn so much. And I am, every time I make an edit, you know, I get butterflies thinking, oh, I hope this is good enough. I hope there isn't an editor going to come along and, and um, just gently note that, I'm I'm totally off base so you know it's it and that's really good because if you're if you're in a place where you think you know everything about it about a subject um that's dangerous you're not going to learn more but every time I I edit something even in an area that I you know should be considered pretty well versed in um I it, it makes me double check my sources and I think that's really healthy we could do more of that in, in, in life in general but particularly in healthcare you know we we just have to be part of the of the job is to be constantly reviewing what we do and appraising what we do. And for me, I have learned that from uh, Wikipedia and from librarians as well. And, and I think there's that there is a natural, I don't know if you've had this experience or if, or if other um, 
editors have, but certainly I, I see all of the, the natural overlaps between, you know, information professionals like librarians and Wikipedia editors. We want the same thing. Um, number one thing is citations and sources. Um, that's the common ground. Um, but also access. You know, you think library staff, they really delight in, in getting you to your goal, you know, and they, they really, they, they love being the brokers of high quality information, no matter who you are, no matter what question you're asking, they're going to try and get you there. And that is a wonderful resource to have. And I, I think they are our natural allies, you know, in, in Wiki, Wikimedia, not to mention all the, the archiving and conservation work that they do. Um, and I think that even though, you know, we look at Wikipedia as an encyclopedia, it's become more than that. It has become a link to a lot of archival and um, and really important documents. And I'm always amazed when I go on, on Wikipedia and, you know, you see this, there's pages and pages of text and that's fantastic. But, you know, not everyone can read the text easily or wants to read the text easily. And some people have low vision, for example. And if you can add in um, photographs and videos and sound files, all of these things make it a much richer experience and a truly encyclopedic one. And librarians are our allies in that, as well as photographers and videographers and art students. And, you know, there's, there's so many different people that we need in our collective to be able to uh, transform Wikipedia into what people want it to be. And I think what it originally was envisaged as, as being. I think, I think you're right. You kind of, when you were an established editor, you do forget what it was like to, to first edit uh, and to have to learn all of that and the huge learning curve that it takes, you know, and I think that the people underestimate how long it takes you to actually kind of get a full grip on editing and, and to feel some way confident. But I think I'm the same, you know, I definitely have those butterflies sometimes when I make a change to something, especially if it's something really high profile. I'm like, oh, have I just made a complete hash of this now? <laughs> it's only going to come down and be like a ton of bricks. But I think that like you, you, I think that's a really good place to be, that you're not cocky about it that you're like, actually, I might have gotten this wrong. Let's see. <laughs> I, I, I was for a period, though. I remember, you know, early on, you know, once I kind of got the hang of it and, you know, because I, I still edit the source. Um, so, you know, you feel like Neo from uh, The Matrix, you know, you feel like you're really getting in there. And, <laughs> um, and I certainly got into sort of, you know, I don't think I ever got into a full sort of a flaming war where I was, you know, reverting things willy-nilly, but certainly there was some contentious moments, which I look back on and say, well, look, whether I was technically correct or not, it wasn't in the spirit of the Wikipedia community. So it was like, you know, when you're an adolescent and you get a bit older and you look back and say, yeah, okay, well, it's technically right, but I probably went about it the wrong way. So I think, I think a lot of us have that journey with, with Wikipedia and there's probably that lull as well, you know? Where, oh yeah. Yeah, and then you come back to it. Um, uh, but it, 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 it's like you said, it, it is a journey. And, and it, it's amazing as well to see people that we, I would disagree with probably politically or personally on so many things. And yet we can be such great colleagues on Wikipedia because we are united in, in a particular goal. And one of the, it's, it's a funny topic to, to talk about now, but during the pandemic, there were a lot of different treatments and medications being talked about and I was talking to um, our students who were doing the projects and we said we'd look at chloroquine and hydroxychloroquine because they were mentioned by the president of the United States as being a potential treatment and we said well, let's look at the pages and you look at the page views and before they were mentioned there's no page views it's very little just you know steady traffic and then there's this big spike for the two pages like huge like a thousand fold spike something huge um 
and we looked at it and we said, well, gosh, well, before we looked at the pages, we said, we said, well, what, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? And we said, yeah, look, there's a risk here because if there's bad information on this page, suddenly Wikipedia is seen as, as, as maybe undermining science and, and giving bad information to, to all, all of these members of the public who are looking at it. But actually the page had, you know, had been already been well-written and even more importantly, as people were trying to make edits that probably were less scientific or not appropriate, those were being reverted and they were being corrected. And not only that, but the pages were being expanded. So instead of sort of misinformation uh, causing damage to Wikipedia, it was actually not only repairing itself, but it was improving itself. So it's like something from, you know, science fiction where, you know, the more you shoot the laser at it, the stronger it gets. And Wikipedia is kind of the same. The more something is sort of undermined or attacked, the more editors flock to it and say, well, actually, you know, what? we're going to make this even better. So if you're, if you're disagreeing with this first point that has one citation, we're going to find 10 citations from really excellent sources that show that this is a really high quality you know, sentence or paragraph or whatever. Um, and I think that, that that was really powerful. So as we were looking at that, it just reminded me that Wikipedia is robust, but it's only as robust as, as the editors that are willing to give the time and expertise and uh, energy. So, you know, if we can ensure that the next few generations of editors who have that, that time and energy, you know, we need the, the teenagers, the college students, the new grads, people who are at different early stages of their career, who are hungry, who are, you know, maybe have the time and the, the confidence to, to edit, they're really important. So again, it comes back to at a minimum in college, we, we should we should have modules on, you know, Wikipedia, but more broadly, probably open access, but it should be weaved into, to, woven into everything we do. And, and I don't know about secondary education um, or even primary school, but I hope that that is being considered um, because it would be fantastic to have people comfortable with it, with Wikipedia coming into to university and third level um, because then they you know they become our, our allies in in trying to improve what we do um, and of course Wikipedia certainly has been used very very effectively by uh, secondary schools and third level uh, institutes across the world um, to do projects and it's a great practical tool to, for that so I hope that we can integrate that more in Ireland and uh, specifically in healthcare. Just uh, to kind of wrap up, it's, it's interesting because uh, I know that you are a little bit of a, a, a Gaelgore. You know, you do dabble in um, the Irish Begone language. In. Exactly. But uh, you just admitted to me earlier that you don't actually edit Wikipedia all that much. Is there a particular reason for that or is it just it hasn't really come up? Yeah, it's, it's so embarrassing. So I'm from Tipperary. Um, <clears throat> I'm not from a Gaeltacht, but um, by the time I left secondary school, I was fluent in Irish and loved Irish um, and living Irish. And I would listen to Radio in a Gaeltacht every morning. That was my alarm throughout secondary school. Genuinely, uh, it would it would wake me up. And it was actually very, very pleasant. You know, you, you, you kind of it would kind of take you a moment to realize where you were. I felt like I was being transported back to this the Gaeltacht during the summertime and uh, when I came to college I you know we started an Irish cultural society I had lots of Gaelgors around and I was in RCSI is extremely international like we were in the minority it was about 15 percent European um, never mind Irish so there were very few Irish people and it was really great because most of my friends were from not just outside of Ireland but outside of Europe and they were really interested in Ireland. So we got to have really nice discussions about Irish history and Irish language. 
but then it fell away over the years and you know, certainly I would have had colleagues and and friends and family that I would speak a little bit of Irish with and Vicar Page is is incredible but you know I actually have probably written more in in French Wikipedia than in Irish Wikipedia um, and it was you know it was only when I was thinking about it when we were going to be talking and I realized that that I, I've fallen down there I don't know um I don't know how to how I would engage with Vicar Page I think I'd have to have the dictionary out and Maybe I just need to give it a go. Have you any tips? I, I, yeah, well, an absolute uh, inveterate monoglot that I am. Um, <laughs> <laughs> probably not the first. It's, it's interesting, although I did manage to create my, my one uh, claim to fame now is that I created the stub for badminton on Vicapade. It did not exist. Uh, and I was able to, I had enough Irish to be able to copy the line from tennis and edit it enough. So I took out Leroy and put in whatever the Irish or Shuttlecock is. Shuttlecock. <laughs> 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 so I was, you know, I can, I can just about. And what's funny is because uh, I got a message recent, uh, actually last night, from somebody who was uh, working on a public domain copy of a book, and there was a little preface. There's an Irish author, and there's a little preface in um, Old Irish, not in Old Old Irish, but in the old script. And mm. uh, there was one sentence that hadn't been translated, and she sent it on to me, and I was, I was able to pull apart. It's just. Um, uh, it was basically let your will be oh god or something like that but you know mm. it had the, the the dot instead of the h and stuff like that so as a non-irish speaker or having no familiarity with it, it would have been very difficult to pull apart but i was like i have a little bit of i'm slightly useful uh, <laughs> skills skills you you didn't even think you had maybe no no <laughs> translating um, I know what claire uh, dr dr claire murray and um, what she suggests is um there is a way on the mobile app to go to commons and uh, be uh, to translate captions. So rather than sitting down and having to write a whole Wikipedia article, that it'll just present you with an English language caption to an image and you can then populate it with whatever language you'd like to input. So that would be a really interesting way of getting back into it. Well, you've just made me think that one of the great strengths of, uh, to get back to healthcare, because of course it's, you know, so much of my, my time is spelt, spent in healthcare. Um, we have an incredibly diverse community in terms of language in healthcare. You know, so many of the people I work with put me to shame. They speak multiple languages. Um, you know, we've, we have a lot of, of um, Filipino healthcare workers who speak English, Tagalog, loads of different languages. And then even within their own languages, will speak different dialects. Um, so we have a lot of... of um, healthcare workers from all over Asia, Africa, and Europe. And that's something that that probably we should think about as the, as the library um, and that I hadn't considered uh, fully until now, you know, as well as as improving the English Wikipedia, if, if we could, you know, get these these editors who, ha who are who have skills way beyond what most Irish people would have, because a lot of us, like you said, are monoglots. Um, so we we probably need to to really build on that. And with with such a you know, if if you can, I, I think one of one of the great things about being a Wikipedia editor in Ireland is is that we have really easy access to so much information already. Um, and you kind of forget that if you are in you know even a a close neighbor of ours. So you know if you go just over the way to Norway isn't very far away or Iceland they won't have that many texts or articles in in Norwegian or Icelandic because English has kind of taken over so if if we could kind of use that bridge with you know some of the the healthcare 
staff that we have who speak English and all of these other languages, well, maybe we should be making an effort to to support them to to write not just on the English Wikipedia and Wikimedia side. So you've you've inspired me now to to think about how we do that. Um, well, probably now and within the next few years, you're going to have. Um, students coming you know have grown up in Ireland but will have grown up in, in families or and through the education they might have you know Polish English and Irish you know you might get really interesting intersections of language um, mm-hmm. so it's not just about perhaps being able to translate always from English into another language you know we're going to have a cohort of people that perhaps will be able to translate from Romanian into Irish or from um, as I said Polish into Irish or Estonian into Irish you know and, and then you don't always have to it's one of the things with language communities they don't always want to have to bridge English to get content into the on Wikipedia or onto Wikipedias but also generally you know they they quite like to get source material from their own language so they're not always uh, parsing it and, and that would be similar to other you know say fr- uh, French language in Africa would have a certain amount of dominance as well or you know mm. that kind of thing um so yeah that was one of the things that came up in the strat one of the strategy meetings was kind of how do we work with you know kind of growing language communities in Ireland that aren't that aren't English or Irish uh, yeah so- I need to learn more about that to understand how to, how to go about it because you know obviously I don't you know I'm, I'm ignorant of of all of that and like you said even just the way I think about it one way from English to another language but now that you mention it I have come across several articles two or three articles in the last few years about Irish topics in other languages that don't exist in English Wikipedia that's what you want and and I I, one or two of them I have I have um, created but you know how many others are out there that are in like you said and I think one of them was in Romanian actually Um, and I never thought oh I should get one of my Romanian neighbors or friends to help me with this or I should ask them you know I, I did it myself which was, was probably a bit um it was silly um <laughs> yeah so you, you've kind of you've you've uh, flummoxed me there because I've never thought about it this way before and again like this this is the importance of having more and more editors and more and more people yeah. uh, because they will open your eyes to to new ways of looking at wikipedia and how we use it um and, you know, we just always have to be mindful that our experience and our view is singular. You know, no matter how many places we've traveled in the world, no matter how many languages we speak or or where we're from, we, we look at it from a very, very narrow uh, lens. And um, I, I'm hoping that the more people we get in, the more it will challenge, like I said earlier, the way we do things, because that's the that's the only way we can get better. Um, and you know, in, in, you know, I talked about how librarians and, and Wikipedians overlap, but where healthcare workers and Wikipedians overlap is that we are always trying to make things better. You know, Wikipedians really, I think, are laser focused on, you know, getting an article started, you know, done is better than perfect, but, and then we can work on it later. And, and the same in healthcare a lot of the time. Um, although, although one difference is that we want Wikipedia to last forever, whereas healthcare workers, we want to be made redundant. We want everyone to be so healthy that we only have to work one week a year. Yeah. <laughs> we can, robots can take over from us. But it's, yeah, it's we the can, dream. Getting, getting back to the Borg again. Yeah, well, we can upload our brain into an immortal body. That's that's really the, the end goal. Uh, so whatever. <laughs> Well, another another thing that I would love for for you and 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 other people to be able to educate uh, us on is things like Wikidata. You know, healthcare organizations have big budgets, 
you know, and we, we spend them readily, but we don't always spend them well. So, you know, we spend a lot of taxpayers' money and, and, and private, private money. You know, 40% of healthcare in Ireland is, is um, up to 40% is, is delivered privately and comes out of people's, you know, own pockets. But, you know, it's expensive. And, and you know, we're looking at projects now that involve artificial intelligence, machine learning, all sorts of fancy things that cost a lot of money and are, are potentially very powerful. But no one is talking about Wikidata and Wikipedia in that, you know, and we sometimes reinvent the wheel. So it would be great to have you and, you know, a few of other colleagues in Ireland and internationally who are interested in this or, um, you know, if there's anyone listening who, who, who wants to, to, you know, give us some, some help or some pointers. Um, it, Ireland actually ranks very high in terms of its, its open data for government. It's actually very good believe it or not, but we just, but then as, as consumers of that information, we, we aren't so great. So the government makes it available, but then we're probably not, not making good on it. Um, and I think there's an expertise within Wikimedia, particularly in Wikidata on how to do that mm. um, and some very creative ways of doing it. So it would be wonderful if there's anyone who has ideas about how we do that in healthcare, you know, that if they want to start a conversation, you know, on Twitter or wherever, um, it'd be great to hear that. And maybe that conversation's already going on and and we just need to engage with it. But yeah, I'd love to hear from anyone who, who knows how we can do it better. This is one of the things with the Wikimedia movement. I mean, there's stuff that, you know, it takes me years to find out that somebody's been working away on something very similar to me. And it's just because it's so large and we're so disparate and, you know, the, the sometimes depending, you know, what, where you are in the Venn diagram, you don't always overlap. And particularly if, the, you know, people are in parts of the world where perhaps getting a visa to travel to Berlin for a conference is very difficult. But that's one of the it's one of the good side effects of the pandemic is that actually we're, we're probably talking to each other in far better interconnected ways than we ever have done before as a movement, uh, because the luxury of say traveling to an actual physical space has been taken away from us and that's far more liberating than for the, all those people who, for whom that kind of travel is very difficult you know particularly people from parts of asia and, and and africa and south america as well you know getting a visa is not especially as say like a, a young man is very difficult um and you know stripping that away and giving us all kind of just the you know, take, you know, taking into account, you know, that obviously getting onto the internet is not always the easiest thing in the world, depending on where you are. But um, it's been quite leveling, which I think has mm. been a great, been a great side effect of it. Well, we took that for, for granted, I think, um, for a long time. And, you know, within healthcare, healthcare is dominated by middle class people, you know, both, both in terms of those of us who work in it. Um, but, you know, also in some circumstances, the people who can access it. Mm you know, even in Ireland. So, you know, we we take for granted that that we can go to conferences and that we have time and resources to do that. Um, and I think one of the fantastic things about Wikipedia is it is agnostic of who you are. I mean, if you only have 10 minutes to yourself a day, you can still, wherever you are, go onto your phone if you have one or use your laptop and you can make an edit as easily as any of us, uh, which is so important. And it is, I, I see it, I don't think it's really spoken about in this term but I see it as a, as a type of accountability um, you cannot really you know you can't buy or demand or bully your way into uh, having information displayed the way you want it on Wikipedia um, and, it, and in fact it, you know nearly the, the, the more powerful you are the harder it is for you to get your your way on, on Wikipedia because um, you know like we were talking about earlier there is this sort of robustness this this pushback 
that if people get a sniff of hold on now this this celebrity is editing their own wikipedia page that's not on and straight away people are in protecting the page what it's on 100 watch lists so if you change a semicolon suddenly people are 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 in there um and that's fantastic and and that you know it strips away some of the privileges that that people have assumed or been given often unwittingly um and, and exactly as you said you know we would often have organized things before not thinking about people who can't come you know for for you know big reasons like visas and that but even for smaller reasons like you know just timing or you know, childcare issues on the day which affects so many people but uh, but predominantly women and predominantly you know working women it's so uh, you know we uh, like you said you know it's 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 the it's something that that's come about because of the pandemic but if there hadn't been the pandemic how long would it have taken us to to make that change um and again if we if we don't have lots of different editors with lots of different voices questioning these things we never will and uh you know one thing that i have learned very quickly on wikipedia uh is humility that you i i love the assume good faith principle that and i actually have transferred that into my daily life um so it's just, you know it goes back to sort of you know you open encyclopedia it can feel spiritual but you know wikipedia can have that effect on your own philosophy more broadly um and this uh, so it's probably good that i see myself as an evangelist it's all kind of tying together um but you know assuming good faith on the internet is very hard and assuming good faith on wikipedia is very important so uh, i think once you get over that and you say well okay this person they're trying to to make a, the page better like i am we just come at it from different ways so how do we how do we how do we get there um you know without spending hours on one sentence um and then sometimes just biting your lip and saying you know what like what they're writing isn't totally wrong it's just different to mine so i'll move on and you know I'll, we can come back to it at another stage um and in fact there are editors that i would have disagreed with and felt a little bit of almost enmity towards and then over a period of time i come to appreciate how good they are at what they do and and i now would go to them to see how they do something um uh, so i think we we need to be we need people to push back at us and the, the <clears throat> whatever area you're in um but particularly i think academia and you know and healthcare there is an argument from authority that sort of you accrete as you go along um to the point where you're a professor and people are you know quivering and shaking so oh, he's a professor we must take into account what he's saying and listen to him and um <clears throat> and that doesn't work well in in wikipedia you know the argument from authority just cannot cannot uh be allowed so uh having a system where you are constantly um asked to analyze you know where you're coming from what you're saying what your sources are uh, it makes you take those extra steps before you you write and it has also you know so the assume good faith has 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 become part of my my daily personal life outside of wikipedia but also in my working life i think i'm a much better peer reviewer for journal articles and for other people's you know if they have if they have a draft that they're submitting to a conference on a medical topic or if they're putting in funding wikipedia has given me the skills to be to be good at that to be better than i than i would have without wikipedia because you know i often say to myself well, 
how would a Wikipedia editor who isn't in healthcare, how would they look at that? They wouldn't just accept that because it's, you know, Dr. X or Dr. Y who has experience in this submitting it, they wouldn't just let them off, you know, with this little uh, mistake or this little oversight. Um, so it can, you know, it, it, obviously this is just my story and maybe no one else feels the same way, but um, like with so many things in, in our, our lives, it can, it can touch on and form other things that we do. Um, and I think that Wikipedia can make us better clinicians. And, and I hope when you read things on Wikipedia as a doctor or a nurse or another health professional, I hope that you understand the humanity better. You know, I hope that I do. So when I read an article, particularly on an area that I'm not familiar with, I say, gosh, I had never thought about it in that way. You know, I, I would never have discussed it in that way. I would never have used that language. Uh, I would never have thought that it was connected to this other cultural issue or this, you know, or this cost issue. Um, and certainly there are, you know, medicine has a, a phenomenal history in terms of its evolution, but it's evolved through many very difficult phases where we have, you know, had huge failures of ethics where people have enriched themselves um, or their group uh, by hurting others. You know, there's things like the Tuskegee trials where African-American people were just experimented on. I mean, it is shocking to think of, but it's not the only one which I found out recently on Wikipedia, I thought Tuskegee was the worst in the, and kind of, you know, an isolated incident, but no, there are many, many, many instances where uh, particularly white people have, have uh, you know, harmed and uh, experimented on, on other people uh, against their will. And, and Ireland has unfortunately a very sad history of that as well uh, for children and, and women. Um, some of it perpetrated by others, but unfortunately a lot of it perpetrated by Irish people um, and then you know you look at even the names of some conditions that we use there's one that that I would have used many many times and a couple of years ago I found out that the person who named it was um, a Nazi so you know we've changed the name but it, it, it kind of when you go on a Wikipedia page and people are defending you know a particular syndrome or condition named after a person we realize now well people are fallible and they may have been excellent doctors at the time, but also they were, you know, politically or uh, philosophically, um, you know, odious, and we, we couldn't stand over that. So it there's then a movement to to changing the names to to more accurate names, and I wouldn't have come across that. I don't think if I wasn't the Wikipedia editor, if I wasn't reading how other people view it, um, and it really knocked me down a peg or two from being someone who advocated we must absolutely keep this person's name on their syndrome to saying that benefits no one um, and we need to be more open about it so I think for clinicians Wikipedia can give you an insight into humanity that otherwise you may not come across or, or maybe slow to to realize that's great thank you so much Connor uh, it was a philo philosophy uh, oh, I love it there. I'm all about it. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. 
Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.